And welcome into the roundtable, Bill Priestley and Thomas Watson here with you. And what are carriers going to do during these lean summer months when uh, perhaps there's not much out there that they could possibly go for? We've got two people that can uh, answer that question most adequately for you. Sam Martinez joins us as well from Redwood Logistics and then also from Suttoth uh, Global Logistics, Andrew Lockwood down in Orlando, Florida. Gentlemen, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, Thomas Watson here with us, with me as well. And uh Guys, uh, first off, the the forecast is not great. Let's just we'll, we'll just throw it out there and just say it's it's, it's not going to be pleasant. Um, the earliest prognostications for something turning back, maybe even late Q three, early Q four. Sam, let me start with you. What do you what are, are you doing as far as working with carriers, and and what are carriers needed to do to survive what could be a long desert of a summer? Yeah, pleasure to be back. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we always want to take care of our carrier partners. I think we've looked at cash flow as an important line of, of that communication and that responsibility to those carriers. But I also think for them, they need to pay attention to what's happening, you know, things that are out of their control. Unfortunately, just given the inflation rate and demand cooling overall, uh, you look at the inventory to sales ratio, there's a lot of signs predicting uh, very low, steady volumes um, uh, to come in. So in that case, if you're the carrier, you're making sure that you're at the rates that you need to be at with your most consistent, reliable customers uh, to make sure that you can have headway uh, for the you know couple quarters uh, of measly uh, volumes. Andrew, your thoughts on the situation from, say, 40,000-foot perspective? Your original question of what should carriers do, I have one word. Go fishing. That's actually two words. But fishing, yeah. camping, hiking. I listen. You can park the truck and enjoy the summer. I do think it's going to be a lean couple of number of months. And to echo what Sam's saying, I mean, now is really a time to make sure you're buckling down on quality. There's just not as much volume to go around. Um, so it, you know, you can kind of survive the next couple of months. You could take some time off and go fish, obviously. But um, but yeah, it's going to be a, a lean a lean several months. I think we'll still continue to see a trend of owner operators kind of going back into company fleets some consolidation, uh, some of the smaller players going uh, out of the business. And talking about ways to communicate these challenges to carriers, uh, it feels like half the battle is just educating them that, you know, the market has indeed gotten worse. Uh, you know, for situations where, let's say, a carrier is on a dedicated lane, uh, usually running it for, let's say, 800 all in, and now we got to get down to like 700 because I'm getting undercut. What are some ways as brokerages not only to maintain the relationship, or what are things you can do to help educate and let them know, hey, it's not just us, because if I lose it, then nobody gets it. Yeah, you're yeah, looking but- at your primary carriers, the ones that you haul, um, always haul in the lane. I would say uh, educating them through the data, not only what you're paying on, on similar lanes, but also what the market data is also telling you, and just having that proactive conversation of, you know, where can we meet in the middle? And this is a long game. It always is. And you want to keep your partners in business, especially the ones that have the best service and the best drivers. So maybe it's not coming down all that way, that rate. But if you're having those conversations and uh, the relationship you have with the client is reliable, uh, then that's an open line. That's a fair conversation, a transparent conversation that I believe everybody's uh, really welcome to at this time. Andrew, same question to you. Yeah, th- there's always a better mousetrap here. There's always a better way to do that. And that's where it really kind of reinforces a need for tech. So are you optimizing shipments? Are you looking at kind of the broader picture and saying, how can I maybe consolidate loads or get a little bit sharper? There's always going to be rate pressure up or down. Right now, it's a race to the bottom. We continue to see spot market rates and uh, and contract rates just decline. And, and you don't have to 
go very far to look for that. You can look at, at it on FreightWaves homepage, right? Scroll to the bottom, look at the far left or look at DAT or truck stop or some of the other um, intelligence uh, sources out there. But yeah, it's there's one part education, but two, it's coming to the table with some solutions, some tech, some uh, some things that offer value that may not be readily apparent in just that specific lane you're looking at. So looking at this, obviously, everybody wants as much of a foothold as they possibly can when it comes to getting through these lean times. What metrics are you guys looking at uh, in, in any way uh, that can help people at least understand the situation, if not find a way to turn it to their advantage, if only slightly? Sam, let me start with you. Yeah, metrics is important. It's all about, you know, what you're focusing on as a business. Uh, you know, we like to focus on efficiency numbers. So uh, are making sure that our carry reps are hitting their numbers and their daily numbers and making sure that we're getting, you know, with less volume that we're seeing now, making sure that we're getting even more offers into those loads and really partnering with those carriers that have predictive rates and predictive capacity for those contract lanes that we have. And on the flip side, it's understanding market share. There's a lot of mini bids. There's a lot of proactive quarterly bids right now. And so understanding what volume allocation looks like for your customer and driving those conversations, because it might say, 100 annual loads for the year. But in reality, a lot of that depends on sales and forecasting and demand being there. So maybe it turns into 70 or even less than that. And those are things that you need to know as you go after freight. And I think partnering with your existing clients, that's super important. But the new clients that you're trying to get in the door with, that's a very interesting conversation to have. Uh, and it usually leads to more valuable results. Andrew, what metrics are you looking at? Uh, what, what gets your attention? Yeah. So specifically internally to our business, you know, on time and full and then tender rejects, right? And those are the two easy ones to go to of just kind of health of like, what does that relationship look like between what I'm tendering out there and acting on behalf of the shipper and what my carrier is doing from an execution standpoint. But from a broader market standpoint, you know, there's there's a couple of things to look at. Interest rates, total truck employees, truck tonnage as it relates to total employees, warehouse vacancy rates. One key indicator that I think I'm looking at is ocean container rates specific China to the U.S. That's a good barometer because uh, I believe when we start to see that tick up, we're going to start to see some volume filtrate through the system, which is going to boost rates potentially um, based on what happens over the next couple of months. Um, you know, there's consumer index. I, there's a number of different barometer metrics that I think we've got to keep an eye on. Just from an overall health economy, why do we look at these overall general market indicators? I think it's You've got a resource plan and, and kind of put a business strategy behind that based on what you believe is going to happen in the future. And uh, we'll toss this next question to Andrew first. Looking pragmatically from a carrier standpoint, let's say I'm one of those new carriers just came in in the past year or two, taking advantage of sky high rates, but my MC is not very much. I don't have a lot of uh, you know uh, situations where carrier compliance may not pass me through, what are some pragmatic steps that they can do when working with brokers to stand out and try to hang in there and get that access to make it through this rough patch? Andrew first. Yeah, I think it goes back to the relationship piece, right? If you have a limited track record there, you really have to kind of go above and beyond from a communication and execution standpoint to prove your worth to the brokers, especially brokers that you haven't worked with in the past or shippers you haven't worked with in the past. And kind of staying true to your identity. So, you know, what, what kind of player are you in the industry? Are you looking for just Chattanooga to Orlando uh, type freight or, you know, are you willing to venture other places? So I think sticking closer to that true identity and then really executing at a high degree to that is a way to further bolster where you are and kind of prove yourself if you don't have that track record in the past, um, especially with newer players. Sam, same thing to you. 
Yeah, I think as a new or smaller carrier right now, trying to drum up business with uh, 3PLs out there, I think it's it's much tougher because trust is is super important. So on our end, you know, it's our responsibility to the customer comes first. And so we have to vet our carriers. So, you know, new carriers on time sensitive freight may not be the best synergy or a place to start. Uh, but if you know that that freight uh, is not perishable, for example, and you you know want to give a new carrier a shot, it's having a conversation. It's not just looking at the paper. It's actually getting on the phone, exchanging emails, and looking past just what's on carrier four one one. It's right now the trust with the freight is becoming a even bigger topic for our shippers. Even our shippers that we've been longstanding with, they want to know about carrier compliance updates, how you're automating that process, and how you're protecting their freight. One of the things that we've noticed just recently, of course, is uh, that uh, you're seeing obviously layoffs, but also uh, carriers shutting down freight works of note uh, this past week. Uh, that North Carolina carrier that, that uh, unfortunately had to close its doors. What do you look at in terms of kind of like maybe the black guy situation where maybe you may not see the pitfall in front of you that maybe you're undoing? What, what are you looking at in terms of perhaps even as a carrier, as a broker, that uh, that you know maybe the 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 hidden problem that that could upend you, uh, Andrew. Let me start with you. Where what could what's the pitfall you have to avoid in this situation? Oh, I think overextending yourself right now. And and again, I kind of go back to like stay true to your identity. You know, based on whatever you are. If you're a carrier that operates and has made bank in a specific area, a specific lane with specific relationships. You know, to Sam's point, trust is everything in this industry. It's still very much a people industry. Rate does matter, but I'm willing to pay a better rate for somebody that I have a high trust level that is going to execute at a high level. Um, so I, I think straying too much from your core competencies, um, you know, and or getting over leveraged, right? Like there, to Sam's point, there's a lot of people that bought into this industry that wanted to be, you know, an owner operator, do their own thing. And they bought in at really high levels. Now is not the time to take a loan out of the bank and just try to extend yourself. So I think kind of drawing back, and that could that could mean a couple of different things. For some carriers, they need to hang it up. Um, they need to, to cut, close shop because they're just they don't have the liquidity to make it through another six months. For some owner operators, I think it's a really important decision point. Do you wait it out? Do you have the the ability to wait it out for a couple more months and kind of see if the thing you know if, if this entire economy gets better? So I I would kind of point to those things as you know staying true to who, who you are, not overextending yourself, and that can mean a lot of different things. And then for the larger outfits out there. You know, staying true to the to fundamentals of what you know um, has has uh, propelled your business in the past and has led to profitability. Gotcha. We got about thirty seconds left, Sam. What what's the pitfall that you want uh, everybody to try and avoid to try and stay in business? Yeah, uh, pitfalls are, are going to happen. The February jobs report showed a decline in what eighty five hundred transportation jobs lost. So that's reports from the big carriers out there, and not just the owner operators. So I think when you see that, you want to remain really strong with your current customers. You want to be able to add in the new customers, even if it's a crawl, walk, run scenario where volume, you know, a win is a win right now because the back half of the year or what Q4, Q1 next year might look like with the loss of capacity now, you'll see uh, the outcomes of that kind of be potentially detrimental or at least a spike if volume surge back. So for now, it's holding on and just making sure that you're a reliable, trustworthy partner. It's going to be a long summer. Gentlemen, thanks so much for joining us, and hopefully everybody will get through this relatively unscathed. Thank you, Thank you. All right, let's move back over to the wall for our final carrier update of the day.